the school is out. Which means it's time for Hi Kids. This is Hi Kids, a show for kids by kids. My name is Brian Oena, I'm 12 years old, and I'm your host for today. Thank you for tuning to 101.9 Chai FM. Today, I have an exciting show lined up for you. And to start off, I will be interviewing a software engineer by the name of Ryan Cotson. So if you have any questions for my guest, you can send an SMS on 34519 or Telegram to 061-895-1019. And remember to sign your name. You're listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 Hi FM. My name is Brian Oena and I'm 12 years old. You're still listening to the Chai Kids Show on 101.9 Chai FM. Good afternoon, Ryan. Thank you for having me. Um, so we're going to start with the questions because I'm like really excited. I like the computer stuff. Awesome. So do I. So, well, that's why it's your job. <laughs> okay. So what is a software engineer? So that's actually quite an interesting question and it's it's not super straightforward. You know, some people see software engineering as different from programming, whereas programming is writing the code. The way I see it is software engineering is using software to solve problems that people have. So whether that is with using uh, code, uh, software that already exists, or if you have to write your code, the code yourself, which tends to be what I get paid for. So, mm-hmm. yes. So you also do code? Yeah. So okay. coding is a, a big part of uh, what I do um, as, as my main job. Um, I, I'm a bit more senior, so I also look after other software engineers who are a bit more um, new to the industry. Wow. So yeah. you're like a boss in a sort of way. As long as you don't call me a manager. I don't uh, like to think of myself as somebody who manages people. I, I kind of see more as uh, somebody who facilitates. Uh, oh, that's a good word. That's a very good word. I hmm. like that. Yes. Sounds good. Yeah. So can you explain to us a little bit about your business, well, the business that you work in? Sure. So I work for Intellect Software. Uh, we're based in uh, Melrose Arch. And a big part of what we do is help other companies to solve the problems that they have by using software. Um, a lot of the time that involves writing the software itself. So what uh, a big portion of what we do is we will spend some time with the client um, and see what is the problem that they're actually trying to solve. And it could be an opportunity. It doesn't have to be uh, a problem that's preventing them from doing something. Maybe they, they want to build a uh, – a lot of people want to build something that's just like Facebook but not quite and somehow get more money than uh, Facebook does. So – we basically will go in and see how we can help them to, to build something. Wow. So, like, which one was your favorite one that you, like, built? So, my, my favorite one, personally, uh, was a piece of software that we built ourselves. Uh, it was a product, a software-as-a-service product, where people pay a subscription to use it, and it, uh, it's called WorkPoints. So, the idea behind it was uh, that you do certain activities at work, so it could be uh, submitting your timesheets on time or helping out a fellow uh, colleague who needs some help, and you would earn points for that. And then you could take those points and spend them on the reward store for, like, vouchers for oh, take wow. a lot and that sort of thing. So That's very clever. Yeah, and that was that was the most fun uh, project that I've had to work on. Oh, wow. Um, and I think it was because it had uh, – we had this um, – it was something we were building for ourselves. 
That's clever. I think that's a very good website. It sounds cool. So, um, do you also like create like websites for like kids, like gaming stuff? So, creating websites. So, there's an important distinction between a website and a web application. So, a, a normal website is just something that will serve up content. So, it might be videos, it might be pictures, and it might just be text. What we tend to do is build web applications. So, that's as soon as you need to log into something. And, you know, it shows content based on who you are and saves things to a database. That's that's a web application. So we tend to build more web applications, but I personally have built some websites. Uh, in terms of games, games is uh, is something quite close to my heart. Uh, I'm, I'm a bit of a bit of a gamer. Um, I always have. I think I lost four years of my life playing World of Warcraft uh, back in varsity days. So. Games have always been something that I've wanted to build, and I've built a few like side projects uh, for fun, really. That's fun. Always good to like do fun stuff. So this is just like a random pro- pro- pronunciation question. But is it data or data? I guess it depends on if you're from America or anywhere else in the world. Um, most people will call it data. Yeah, I call it data. Um, I think I watched too much TV as a child, so I've got a bit of an American tinge <laughs> to my accent, so I tend to say data. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I like, get very confused. Like, is it data or data? But it's the same thing, okay. Unless it's commander data from Star Trek. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's okay. one of the characters in the in the show. Oh, I haven't watched it. So Before your time. Oh, that makes <laughs> sense. Um, so, do you customize software, basically? So, it's it's interesting question. Um, there's different ways that you could say you customize software. So, for example, uh, with something like uh, Microsoft Word or Outlook, you can build plugins that you can use within that pre-existing piece of software. Um, what we at Intellect try and do or tend to do most of the time is build bespoke custom software uh, from scratch. So um, we can customize certain types of software. It's a lot easier to do if you have the other person's source code because <laughs> if you don't have their code, you kind of have to reverse engineer what they've done and then add your customizations on top of it. So we tend to... Uh, focus more on building uh, new things or adding new features to existing software. So what does reverse engineer mean? Reverse engineer... So when you engineer something from scratch, you're building it. To reverse engineer, you look at what's already built and you try and figure out how it was built so that you could change one or two of the steps and get something new from there. So which one do you like better? Definitely, uh, starting from scratch. It's, <laughs> it's like when you're staring at a blank piece of paper and you've got, uh, some paintbrushes or something ahead of you and you, you know, it's a blank canvas for you to do whatever you want on it. Oh, that's, so yeah, I would also prefer scratch, but maybe like to start off, I'd do reverse to like just get in the middle of it. That's, that's true. And that's actually a, a way a lot of, um, new developers, uh, when they first join a project or a company, that's where they start. So there'll be, so in any software, there's always bugs. It's one of the things that you have to learn to accept as a developer. Things are very complicated, and you're relying on many different layers. And there's always at least one bug in some software, unless it's the most basic like um, thing that shows a picture. Um, so a good place for new people to start to learn a system is to fix a bug. 
So what's a bag? A bug. So you know when you're opening up your favorite website and all of a sudden the, the, the page stops loading and you can't actually see what you wanted to see? That's, that's a bug. That uh, is a network-related bug. But a bug is anything that, prevent, that is um, behavior that you don't intend to happen in the actual application. Oh, I understand. Okay. So what do you need to learn or like study in order to work as a software engineer? Great question. So there's there's many different paths to becoming a software developer or a software engineer. Uh, and they all have their advantages and disadvantages. Me personally, I went um, uh, to Varsity and I studied uh, BSc in IT. And after that, I started working at Intellect and I've been there ever since. But a lot of people are also self-taught. Um, so through courses like Udemy or Pluralsight or just looking on YouTube, you can actually teach yourself how to program. And that's how a lot of people start, uh, actually, is they, they just start tinkering around based on what they've seen. And the bug gets them and uh, they're hooked and that's uh, the last you ever hear, hear of them. Shame. <laughs> Shame. <laughs> so when did you start working at uh, Intellect? Uh, let's see. So it was the 2nd of February, 1st of February, uh, twin, two, uh 2009. So oh. nearly 11 years ago. It'll be 11 years in February. Two years after I was born. <laughs> <laughs> that was the year I went to Israel. Nice. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, um, what, um, well, how did you know that you actually wanted to do this job? So I think, um, when I was about four or five years old, maybe I was seven, I'm not sure the exact age, my dad brought home a computer uh, for work. It was a beige box that was incredibly heavy and clunky. Uh, it was a 486 computer, which uh, for the older people out there, uh, they might remember that. Um, for the younger people, just know it was very old and uh, the screen looks like uh, if you watch an old movie with computers. It was, it was like oh, that. Wow. But the cool thing was it had some computer games on it. And I'd already been playing a little bit of computer games on the TV with a old Atari um, video game console. So I was super excited. And any chance when my dad was home, I, I wanted to play on this computer. And then I started wanting to play on the computer when my dad wasn't home. Uh, so I had to kind of teach myself how to solve the problem of launching the game when nobody was around to show me. So I observed what uh, my dad did, and that's kind of like the mindset is how do you solve problems? That's really the core of what we do. So that's kind of where I got hooked. And, um, yeah, all through varsity, uh, uh, through high school, uh, I that's uh computers was i got home from school uh had two minute noodles and uh whatever leftovers we had in the fridge and then i would go to the computer because that's that's was what i wanted to do i wanted to play games and then i wanted to build my own games and that's kind of where i got in so i didn't end up building my own games uh and now i build software but you know i find that just as exciting as weird as it might sound like I'll go home after work some days and write code for somebody's business, which might sound boring, but it's actually it's actually very exciting to solve problems. Wow. This is a kind of mystery. Yeah. You're cool. like, I know there's a problem, and I know that it's technically possible to solve it, and I'm not sure how, and I have to find out. Yeah, and then you like, don't want to stop because you want to finish it. Exactly. Yeah, I know what it feels like. 
just with games. Anyway, so so you wanted when you were a kid, you wanted to be working with computers. No, no, I wanted to be a fighter jet pilot. Most yes. boys want to be like something like that. <laughs> yeah, that that was kind of like I I remember uh, with my grandpa sitting on the I had a bunk bed at the time and my sister slept on the bottom and I slept on the top because I was the older one and I wanted the top bunk. Yeah. And pretending my bed was like a biplane, the one with the two wings from like World War One, and that that was that's one of like my fond memories from being a kid. It's a cute one. So can you please describe a typical day at work for us? A typical day at work. So the first thing I do when I get in is I put my bag down and I make myself a cup of coffee. So if you've met any developers before, you'll know that a whole bunch of us are really addicted to coffee. So (laughs) before I uh, have to deal with anything that the day is going to throw at me, I try and get a cup of coffee and... um, then before I check my emails, the day before I will have planned one thing that I really want to get done today. Um, and the reason I do, uh, I'll then do that with, while I have my cup of coffee. And the reason I do that is because if I start checking my emails first, the whole day is going to disappear. I'm going to get drawn into a whole bunch of, uh, different other people's problems that they need to, uh, help solving and other tasks that come up and, at least if I get to the end of the day and I've, I've done my one thing in the morning, I can say, cool, uh, this, today was a good day. Uh, so well, once I've done that one thing, um, I'll go meet with uh, whichever team I might be working with at the time. Sometimes it's more than one team. And we generally do what's called a stand-up meeting. So what a stand-up meeting is, is everybody gets a chance to speak and say what they plan to do today. Uh, what they did tomorrow, and if they're having any problems that uh, they could use some help uh, with to get unblocked. So um, it's important for us to figure out, you know, you don't want somebody stuck on the same problem for two days, uh, where if they just said, hey, does anybody else know how to do this? And somebody could maybe help yeah. them because they've done it before. Um, after the stand-ups, uh, then basically I'll spend the rest of the day um, helping the team, either writing code. Uh, I like to pair program. What's um, so pair programming is a concept where two developers will sit together at the same desk and what, they'll take turns to write the code. And the person, uh, that is a good way of sharing knowledge between each other. Oh, wow. So how many people are in your business? So at Intellect, I think we have about 560 people. Wow. Uh, not all of them are developers. Um, we got uh, a fair bunch of support staff who help us uh, with all the other things that are involved in running a business. You can't just write the code. Yeah. Wow, that's a lot of people. Mm. So, okay, so on that note, let's take a very quick song break and we'll be right back. So keep listening to learn more about being a software engineer. You're listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 Hi FM. My name is Brian Awena and I'm 12 years old. Okay, so let's carry on with the questions. Okay. Awesome. So what part of your job do you enjoy the most? I think um, two things. So the first is when you've been struggling on a problem for like half a day or a whole day or sometimes even a week because you've asked everybody and nobody can help you and you finally hit that breakthrough point where the problem is now solved that that uh, release of 
endorphins or serotonin is absolutely amazing and it feels really good. You feel like you're the king of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that's definitely very rewarding. And the other thing is when you finally get to see somebody using something that you've built and it makes their lives easier or faster or simpler or just better. You know, that's incredibly rewarding to know that you've made a difference no matter how small in somebody's life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So like for the first thing you said, like I like I would think I would I would like get so irritated and then when I finally finish I'll be like I'm like so I would be satisfied. It totally makes the, the frustration worth it. Yeah. It, I think the, the closest feeling to that is that I've had uh before programming is in mathematics. Like it didn't really come naturally to me. So I, I did struggle a bit at school with maths, but when when you're solving an equation and and you can't quite figure out how to do it and then you do, it, it's it's very similar to that feeling. Yeah. And what's the most challenging part about your job? Uh dealing with the neck and back pain, you know, sitting all day is not healthy for you. We like we we get um if you get really involved in the code and you're having fun, you might spend like 14 hours in the chair and that's not, not great for you. Mm. It's, it's, uh, it's why as you get older, you start having to go to the massage parlor a bit more <laughs> frequently. And I think the other, the other, uh, problem is sometimes we have to deal with, uh, bureaucracy, which is basically when somebody, you know what you need to do, but you can't do it because somebody's got some rules or they're not sure what the rules are. And you're like, but I know how to solve this problem. And you have to convince people and uh, deal with red tape to try and get something done. And, you, and you're trying to help people. Yeah, because like, it's very nice to help people, I think. Oh, definitely. Who are your role models? So uh, I've got some. Uh, if I had to pick top three, uh, they're all South African. Uh, first one is my dad. Uh, he's absolutely amazing. Like, he's, he's the reason I'm here today and, and why I managed to pass maths, actually. <laughs> and also because of that computer. <laughs> yes, because of the computer. And, and he's just, he's taught me so much. Um, then I would say definitely Elon Musk. Uh, ec- uh, so he's also got South African citizenship. He started PayPal. And then with the money uh, he got from selling PayPal, he was a co-founder, um, he started a rocket company called SpaceX. And I'm very much into space travel. Uh, and SpaceX is making space travel more accessible to everybody. Um, and they're an amazing company. Uh, there's a lot to say about the man himself, but if you look at what he's accomplished, it's, it's very inspiring. He also, um, is, uh, he also started Tesla, which make the electric cars and Solar City, who make, uh, solar panels and the Tesla Powerwall and the OpenAI project. Wow. And then I think my third one is uh, Sia Khaleesi. Just just an amazing guy, not just because of the World Cup, but like how he's brought a nation together. Um, and where, he, like if you look at where he's come from and how far he's come, it's absolutely an inspiring story. Wow. Yeah. Like some of the places that you mentioned that the your second role model um Elon Musk yes. yeah he um like invented those places sound like some of them are familiar to me so i feel like proud that i know them awesome uh if you could meet any software engineer uh, in the world who would it be and why would you want to meet them so there were 
two on my list and I've managed to meet one of them. Uh, the first one uh, who I did get to meet so far is his name is Scott Hanselman. He works for Microsoft. I used to be a very big Microsoft developer, so I used to use a lot of their tools and their technologies. And he taught me through his uh, his he's got a blog and he posts videos on YouTube. And thanks to him, I I learned a lot. Yeah. Um, and he's he's uh, he's also a public speaker, so he does a lot of speaking at events. Uh, and he's what he's the guy who inspired me to actually do uh, my first talk at a conference. So I got to meet him when he came to South Africa to the Microsoft offices. Uh, I've met him twice now, which uh, wow. I don't think he remembers me, but you know I get to remember the, yeah, the fact that I met him. Whenever you meet someone famous, it's very. Yeah, it's uh, just you know it's it's not just that he's famous, but he also he had a personal impact on my life, and it's like I, I want to be able to do that for other people. And then the second one, for a very similar reason, is uh, Matthias Peter Johansson. So he is a uh, JavaScript developer who lives in Sweden, uh, and he has a um, a YouTube channel that releases videos every Monday morning called Fun Fun Function. And his videos have taught me so much about JavaScript, and I think he would be a very cool person to hang out with. So uh, yeah, yeah, he's cool. he's also really helped me a lot. Yeah. Wow. It's cool that you met one of them. Yeah. Wow. So where is Antletlev? So, so <laughs> as you can imagine, with like 560 people, um, it would be hard for us all to be in the same place. So me personally, I'm based at the Melrose Arch office. Uh, before then, I was based at one of the clients in Bramfontein. We have two other offices. Sorry, no. We've got a bunch of other offices. So we got one in Cape Town, uh, one in Pretoria, one in the Netherlands and one in New Zealand. Wow. Um, but a lot of our developers are based at different corporate clients. So for our listeners out there, your dads and moms might be at the office with some of our people. You never know. Give them a, cool. give them an ask and see if they know anybody from intellect. So, um, like how, if someone wants a job at intellect, how would they be able to get one? So there's a bunch of different ways that they could do that. If you are still at varsity and you're studying, odds are we will ha- be at one of your open days and you can uh, meet some of our people over there. And uh, we will uh, encourage you to join our graduate boot camp program. So what that is, is for uh, when you join the company and you're fresh out of varsity and you have uh, very little idea about like how the real world works, uh, we, we provide a bit of a bridging course. So we'll show you how to do stuff um, that you're going to actually need to use in industry. Uh, it's a six to eight week program that we actually run. And I was one of the uh, the three people who started that program. Oh, wow. Yeah, about six, seven years ago. Um so for now, the, the most important thing to do is to focus on doing well at school um, because you want to be able to get into a good varsity so that you can get the best possible job you can. Yeah. Um, so our, our boot camp uh, is a lot of fun. Uh, I still run a big portion of it, and I have fun every year and meet a bunch of really cool people. So that's one way to get to intellect. The other way is to send me your CV, and then I'll get a referral bonus. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I won't get it because it's on the radio, but, you know, we can never, you can always try. So we'll, <laughs> we'll give out my uh, email address, and I'll be sure to forward along your CV to our uh, 
our recruitment department and uh, we'll see what we can do. Uh, cool. maybe, maybe we split the referral bonus 50-50. You know? <laughs> awesome. Cool. Okay, so what do you hope for intellect um, in, for in the future? So what I personally I would hope for is that we build more like big software as a service uh, products that we actually can sell to the rest of the world, not just for people in South Africa. So uh, at the moment, like I said, a large portion of our business is consulting to other companies who have problems. Uh, there's there's problems all over the world uh, and opportunities that we ourselves can solve and and just get a bit of a, a broader um, exposure for our name. You know, if uh, if you're using the intellect app that solves world hunger then great you know somehow well, we just have to build it quick um but yeah I, mm. I would like to see us do more, more product development cool so um like do you think um software engineering could become a subject at school or should become a subject at school so at certain schools, they do teach computers. Uh, I know a lot of schools do computer literacy where it's uh, keyboard and mouse usage and, you know, uh, Microsoft Office with Word and that sort of thing. And then at high school, a lot of, well, not, I don't know how many, but a bunch of schools do offer programming. And I think it's a good starting point to get into the, the industry. Um, one of the big problems is, you know, s- some schools, they don't even have proper toilets at the moment. So getting software development into the schools uh, is very important for the future of those kids. But it's hard for the committees to justify the expense on computers. So I think if, if we could get more corporate donations of computers and that sort of thing, uh, we could help uplift a lot of schools. Yeah, I think so too. I agree with you. You can you can only do so much programming on a blackboard before you're yeah. not sure if it actually works. You know? Yeah, our school like I do computers as well with everything. If children are interested in your kind of work, what could they do to understand more about computers? So right now, if you have access to the internet, YouTube. And you don't have access to your parents' credit card. Uh, YouTube is pretty much out there for free. You gotta watch a few ads every now and then. But start searching for programming. If you don't have the bandwidth to watch videos, there's a lot of written tutorials, and sometimes those are actually better. And you can teach yourself a little bit about computers and programming in general. Maybe you don't want to get into programming, but you still like working with computers. There's, uh, you know, a large percentage of modern work is actually done on a computer, no matter which field you're in. So having good computer literacy is great. So, um, you know, if you, if you want to just, you want to be an author, maybe, or a journalist, learning how to, how to type and that is beneficial for you. So yeah. just get as much practice in with the computer as you can. Mm-hmm. And I don't think an iPad necessarily counts for, for experimenting, but it's good for watching the video and doing the research. That's great advice. Thank you. Do you have any hobbies? I have lots of hobbies. 
Um, hobbies are expensive, uh, but they're really rewarding. So me personally, I, I like to think of myself as a creative person. So I do airbrushing, which is, uh, where you take paint and you force it through an airbrush, which has a compressor attached and you get some very cool gradients attached, uh, to it. So you can airbrush onto canvas or onto what I like to do, which is Warhammer miniatures. So they're little plastic sort of like army men that uh, you buy and you cut them off of a sprue and you glue them together and then you paint them. Uh, so that's that's my my favorite hobby uh, that I do. I also uh, love to cook. So at least four nights a week I'll cook for my wife and I because <laughs> um, I tend to get home before her. And uh, cooking is uh, it's very rewarding because you get to eat the reward, which is great. <laughs> Um, what else? Uh, I watch the occasional TV series uh, or movie. Uh, I'm a big geek, so I love anything sci-fi and fantasy. Uh, I do a lot of reading. And to get through the traffic in the morning, I listen to a lot of audiobooks. Um, wow. Yeah, which is fun. So do you have, what well, like you are a website person, so can you tell us about your website? And let, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so... Um, I personally, I have a website, uh, ryancotson.com, which is currently just a parked website. We're saying coming soon because I've been meaning to work on it. Uh, you know, as a, as a developer, we, we often start these side projects where we're going to build things, but, uh, life gets in the way or we solve the main problem and then we get bored and don't end up finishing it. Uh, so that, that's kind of where my website is sitting at the moment. Uh, hopefully during the December holidays, I'll get some time to actually finish it off. Uh, Intellect, we've got a, a great website uh, done by a really great team. Uh, I wasn't actually uh, on the team that built it, um, but uh, yeah. Wow. So besides for those two ways, how could people contact you to find out more about your business? Or yeah. So if you have any other questions, uh, I don't mind if they're related to how to get into the industry or anything like that. Uh, you can either mess email me. So it's Ryan K, R-Y-A-N-K, at intellect, which is spelled E-N-T-E-L-E-C-T dot C-O dot Z-A. Or you can uh, message me on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is uh, at exigentcoder, which is spelled E-X-I-G-E-N-T-C-O-D-E-R. And uh, I'm happy to help out through either of those. Or you can, uh, if you can't remember that, search on Google for Intellect. You'll find our website, and there's contact details over there. Great. Thank you. It was really fun and very interesting having you. And I believe our listeners learned so much. I learned so much, you don't even understand. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on the I show. I might even like, go on the computer and, you know. Well, you got my contact details if you get stuck. <laughs> Thanks. This has been Kha Kids, a show for kids by kids. My name is Brian Owena and I'm 12 years old. Thank you to my guest, Ryan Cotton, and thank you to my producer, Senna, and DJ Flo for pushing the big red buttons. Thank you for listening to Kha Kids, a show for kids by kids. Join us next week, Monday, for another Kha Kids show, only on 101.9 Kha FM. Shabbat shalom and goodbye, kids!